Welcome to the Morning News podcast for Monday, May 25th. We begin with a City Hall update. Today's the day Council will finalize the much-talked-about conversion therapy bylaw. 770-CHQR City Hall reporter Aurelio Perry joins us with the details. The restaurant industry has been hit hard by the effects of COVID-19, but now they're able to open with a number of restrictions. We'll get an idea of what the new dining experience will look like from Global News reporter Lauren Pullen. Then we continue our coverage of Calgary's next steps in reopening. We'll speak with the owner of Swizzle Sticks Salon Spa on how her business is adapting to ensure both clients and staff remain safe as the salon starts to welcome clients back. It's a time of transition for everyone these days, including politicians returning to work on Parliament Hill. Global News senior political correspondent David Aiken paints a picture of what Parliament will look like in the days and weeks ahead. And finally, it's your chance to shine the spotlight on those going above and beyond during these unprecedented times. We'll meet the first nominator in our Community Champion series. 8-12, and as we continue the reopening of our city's economy, council continues to meet, albeit virtually. We're now joined by 770-CHQR City Hall reporter Aurelio Perry to tee up the day ahead for council. Hi, Aurelio. Good morning, Sue. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, we're expecting, we all know this is the big one that's been discussed, the final decision on banning conversion therapy. Is that expected to spark any fireworks or just move smoothly ahead at council today? That should move uh, smoothly. I mean, it should be a recap from the committee chair, Giancarlo Carrara, about the public meeting that they had where they heard from about 120 presenters that who were over the phone and they received about 1,800 pieces of material. Um, they were unanimous at committee. Uh, there was some, some thought at committee that maybe a couple of councillors uh, may vote no simply for the fact that the federal government is moving to criminalize the practice, uh, but they haven't moved on it yet. So there was some talk, maybe, hey, let's let the feds do this. We really don't have to do it. But in the end, that committee, it was unanimous, and it seems we're headed that way. Um, Some might say, luckily, there's no public participation in this, uh, this aspect today. So the public's all been heard and it should go smoothly and it should, uh, it's later on in the agenda today. And will it be put, put to rest after today then, Aurelio? Yeah, then, uh, you know, the bylaw, the bylaw will be drafted and then enforced, um, you know, and it's through business licensing that the city can act. Okay, good. Of course, that is the, the headliner of the day, it seems to be at this point. Any other uh, big items uh, to be looked well, at today? They're going to get another uh, briefing on the uh, COVID-19 situation and the financial numbers. Um, they're going to get a briefing that from March 12th to May 17th, the city has lost $39.3 million in revenue. And that mainly has to do with transit and the uh, closure of uh, rec facilities. Uh, the transit revenues, uh, a 92% reduction in C-train riders, 80% reduction in key bus routes and BRT. And this is really telling that, you know, at the vending machines on the C-train stations, there's about an 87% reduction in people buying tickets at the vending machines to ride transit. So that tells you everything you need to know about the transit revenues that are being lost you know, there's close to 900,000 visits to rec facilities that haven't happened in the past couple of months. So the city has seen the revenues uh, shrink quite a bit. 
So is that just an update on that then, Aurelio, or will they be discussing how to, you know, make up some sort of a shortfall or when they might start to reopen? Or is it is it more just, you know, getting a, a bit of a handle on the numbers? It's more of an update today just to, you know, talk about their revenue gap. Uh, you know, from last in April, the revenue gap was uh, about $184 million. Now they're going to hear that it's gone up to $204 million. Today is also the day that uh, uh, transit changes take effect where, you know, some routes have been uh, taken off, uh, the, taken off service and there's also reduced levels of service. That begins today. The affected changes are on the city's website where you can see which uh, routes are impacted by that. And again, they say it's, you know, temporary until there's some sort of normalcy that occurs, which is expected, I would imagine, later in the year. Hearing also there's going to be a review of uh, public-private partnerships. Uh, what sorts of uh, partnerships would those be, if, if we have any examples that Calgarians might recognize? Well, those are those P3 partnerships where, the you know, the city puts out the contract and then somebody from the private sector will either build it and manage it or somebody is paid to build it and the city might manage it. Um, so it's just updating that policy initiative. Uh, nothing controversial in that vein in regards to uh, to that. Council still meeting uh, virtually, Aurelio, or the majority of them anyway? Yeah, at this point, it's still uh, virtual. There's been a couple of questions the past couple of meetings about whether whether or not they can get some people inside the chamber. Um, the city says, city officials and the city clerks say that while the provincial government has given themselves an exemption in the legislature, they really haven't done it for municipalities. So they're limited in the chambers to 15 people. So you get a, you know, a couple of city clerks, the IT people, the mayor, and you might get a couple of city officials and that brings it close to 15. What you're going to probably see happen uh, in the not too distant future is that Maybe they'll have six, a couple of teams of uh, councillors, which is what they were doing before. So you may have seven in person one time, and then the other seven will be on the phone. And then next meeting up, they might switch up, and those seven show up, and the other seven stay home, that type of thing. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time this morning, Aurelio. You're welcome. That is Aurelio Perry, 770 CHQR City Hall Reporter. 710 on the morning news. Restaurants, bars, cafes, and hair salons have been given the all-clear to reopen today. Uh, somewhat, these businesses can operate at 50% capacity. Welcome news to the industry. With more details, we're joined by Lauren Pullen, Global News Reporter. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing? Good. Where are you reporting from this morning? I am sitting in a booth inside of the Blackfoot Diner, oh. and um, I can tell you, a lot of big smiles right now. Everyone is greeted with a big hello and a wave when they get in, and a smile on that server's face, but you can't necessarily see the smile because all <laughs> the servers are wearing their face masks right now. They're asked to... Uh, sanitize their hands, any guests as they're coming in. And uh, the spacing is all uh, spaced out to have that uh, safe physical distancing. So it's only every other boost that is being allowed to be sat down in right now. And Lauren, have you chatted with the staff there? Are they nervous about being back or happy that they are back open and ready to go? I think there's a lot of optimism and a lot of happiness leading into all of this. It's been two months in the making, right? So uh, this is one of the places that was set to reopen on that May 14th date mm -hmm. uh, when they were expecting to have those doors open only to hear from the province, what, mere 
18 hours before that they couldn't. So they did have those plans and those preps already underway. But, uh, of course, with this being a very fluid situation, that changed. And even some of the guidelines have changed since then. So they've been working pretty hard here. There are X's on the floor to, to map out where two meters of safe social distancing is and little uh, cards on each table letting you know which ones are safe for you to sit in and a lot of hot coffee being poured right now. <laughs> you mentioned the restrictions and the protocols in place, but I'm wondering, and this is a, you can take your reporter cap off right now. How does it feel? Because I can't even imagine. I think I was in an A&W restaurant for breakfast with my family that first week of March. And then they really said, okay, we're shutting everything down. It has yeah. been it has been a long time. So just as a, a general patron, how do you feel? I want to say, like, just a kind of looking at the people as they walk in the door. Their eyes are big and bright. <laughs> They're looking at what's different. And it, it's a whole new thing for everyone, right? Because, yes, they are allowed to come back in. They're allowed to sit down and enjoy that coffee. But it is a different experience. So it's brand new for all of us. And you can tell there's there's some conversations of some old friends sitting over over a cup of joe here, enjoying that catch-up that maybe only was done over the phone before or in a backyard or, or definitely, I'm not sure how they, how they did it, even if it was at their own kitchen table. It's, it's definitely different to have have it here in this public place and, and getting things back to the way they were uh, about two months ago. <laughs> Lauren, what about menus or how to pay at the restaurant? How's that looking? I haven't seen how they've paid yet. They just opened up not too, too long ago here. So no one's actually wrapped up there, but I will inquire on that further for you and get back to you too. But it looks like all the menus are being wiped down pretty thoroughly every single time before they are put on a table. They're not just sitting out on the tables either. Everything is brought to you and set up as you sit down. So not to leave anything out for any potential germs just flying in the air. So definitely a lot of, a lot of things have been factored in to try mm-hmm. and make this go off as seamlessly as possible. Obviously, it'll be different restaurant to restaurant, but I'm wondering with the 50% capacity, is it a case of uh, somebody's monitoring the door and as one table empties, another uh, set of uh, customers are allowed in? Do you know how that's going to work? Yeah, so I think um, in terms of numbers, there there is someone who's like right at the door greeting everybody. And right now, obviously, we're still pretty early on, mm-hmm. so we don't have too, too many people here. And in terms of the spacing, what they've done with the booths is they've just actually closed half of them. And there's signage on that booth saying, hey, for safe social distancing, this is closed. So that would probably help occupy the numbers as well. I did talk to another uh, diner owner downtown who he has a much smaller establishment. So he's actually just spacing out the tables and where he sits people and uh, will know by how many people are coming through the door where he needs to sit people so he's not physically closing down it's not uh, as close together as it is in here so everyone's kind of depending on their space and depending on um, the best way to work with the rules in their specific spot Uh, they're kind of just playing it all in in different ways lauren just one last quick question you mentioned masks so are are the staff uh, mandated to wear a mask and the customers too or how does it work Customers aren't being told that they have to wear masks, um, but uh, all of the staff and everyone in the back who's cooking as well is very clearly in, in PPE gear. Good stuff there. Thank you so much for the update, Lauren. Thank you. That is Global News reporter Lauren Pullen, who's on location at the Blackfoot Diner this morning. I wasn't sure exactly where she would be, but yes, uh, there you have it. Up and running at the Blackfoot Diner. Cafes, restaurants, hair salons, barber shops, all now to, uh, able to join in the phase one of the reopening. And we're asking you, love to still get your texts in. What do you think? Are you okay with this? Is it time? Or are you still a little worried about it and holding back? Let us know, 403-974-8255. The text line is open. Here's one text, in, all in caps. So they're obviously very yes. serious about this. Open the economy. Get Parliament back. We need to keep a sharp eye down there 
there in Ottawa. Safely, politely, but please open. Oh, there you have it. That's uh, that's an opinion there. We asked about, of course, not just restaurants that we covered with Lauren, but earlier we talked to uh, Swizzle Sticks Salon. What, will you get your hair done now mm-hmm. that you can? And this one's awesome. Four people in my house, four hair appointments this week. My husband's hair is getting to be an emergency as big as the pandemic. That might be a, a little bit much, but yeah, I can understand that if, yeah. if you're ready to go and uh, the protocols are in place, you, you have that opportunity. I have a hair appointment for June too, so I'm letting it, I'm letting it breathe Tuesday. a okay. little bit, and then uh, I think I'll be ready to go back. And I think the salons will be all ready at that point. They'll have, you know, put things in place and and be well practiced. Now, here's another one. Good morning, Andrew and Sue. It's about time stuff opens up, and after all, better late than never. Ooh, there you have it. Here's one. I think that small businesses have suffered long enough. Small business owners are very smart and adaptable, and they write further to compare to the big box stores, how the big box stores have been open for the most part, but you have to differentiate. It wasn't like, I don't think the, the Hudson's Bay is even open at this point, Mm-mm. and I call it the Hudson's Bay because I'm 75 years bay. old. Yeah, yeah, or the Bay, or maybe some of the big stores and in, in, uh, some of the mall anchors. But, you know, the Walmart has been open, and Costco I can understand. Let's give the small businesses a shot, a shot, and that includes the small salons and restaurants. Here's one last one. Yes, thank God, going for hair highlights. I will wear a mask, and so will the hairdresser. I'm not worried. Good for you. Love to get your opinions. Keep texting us. 403-974-8255. 618 now. Today's the day. Calgary restaurants, hair salons, all allowed to reopen their doors starting today. There are some pretty strict rules and regulations for them to follow and to share some of the details from the barbershop and salon perspective. We're joined this morning by Brie Hallett, owner of Swizzle Sticks Salon Spa. Hi, Brie. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for joining us. I know you're not officially opening today. You're going to get to work today with the staff and then open your doors tomorrow. So can you tell us what you have to do to to prepare? What are some of the rules and guidelines? Well, we have a limit of 15 people in the salon at any one time. So that's not a lot. We could have a maximum of 30, 32 at any one time. So we really had to change our scheduling to make sure there's only seven stylists. Um, and then there's one apprentice. So that kind of changed the whole feel of mm-hmm. being in the salon. Um, our cleaning guidelines have always been, in the industry, always been pretty strict. So we've really amped those up a lot. One entrance, one exit. Um, we're requiring all of our guests to wear masks for the duration of the service. And, yeah, it's been a crazy little ride, actually, <laughs> to plan that all out. I bet. What about, mm-hmm. you know, I know that a salon like Swizzle Sticks, you guys have those personalized services and you can, you know, enjoy a coffee. It's, it's not Or a glass of wine. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a rushed experience. How's it going to look like, for example, those people waiting on deck to get their hair done? Mm-hmm. Well, we are asking everyone to wait outside until they're contacted to come in mm-hmm. just so we can easily maintain that 15 people. Um, the store part, if you've ever been there, we have a separate store that's ground level. That part we're limiting to five people. So that will be the only entrance in, and immediately upon entering, it's uh, hand sanitized, mask on, and then away you go. And then, Brie, so how does it work? A different. How does it work for for you and for most salons? Do you have to provide the mask, or do you ask people to wear their own in? Mm-hmm. We're doing. We are going to provide the masks, um, but again, it, people are welcome to bring their own masks. The biggest thing is that if you have a color on your head, so Sue, this could work for you, we are going to allow you to take your mask off and have a drink because okay. oh. we're going to walk away. So at that point, social distancing is, um, is it's easily accessible when we walk away for that 25, 30 minutes. So you could have a drink then, but then a new mask would go on after that. Okay. 
Ray, can you talk about the time involved? Because with these new protocols, uh, is it going to be the same amount of time if I know I'm going to be coming in at 1 o'clock and I'm normally out at 2.30? Is that going to stand or, or should it take more time if you're visiting a salon these days? Well, I have all these hopes and dreams for, <laughs> you know, reality, but let's see what happens. Um, we do a lot of added touches at Swizzle Sticks. Yeah. So if you've ever come in, there's a beautiful scalp massage, there's a gorgeous mini facial, a little makeup touch-up. All of those things are actually not compliant with the AGLC or AHS rules right now. So I think that's actually going to help us with the timing and the cleaning procedures. So if we take all the little extra touches that we love so much, um, that could be about 10 to 15 minutes, which will allow cleaning to happen. So I think you could be in and out and around the same time, and then that time is built in for us to be able to sanitize everything properly. What about blow drying, and what about uh, do you know in terms of what I wear to the salon? Because I know you're not mm-hmm. going to be you know putting on the the same gown that you would normally wear in. Mm-hmm. We are going to still be using our gowns. They're all going to be freshly laundered, but there will not be any um, changing. So there won't be any shirts laying on top of another shirt in the change room. There actually won't be hangers at all. So when you come into the salon, you want to wear something wide neck. Um, You want to be able to, you know, completely protect that from any color or any hair that's falling in. And then each gown is laundered in hotter water than we've done. And blow drying, do you blow dry or is that a no-go? Yeah, Yeah, we are going to blow dry. So we're both wearing masks. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing is that with the blow drying, it was all about... Um, the guest wearing a mask and the stylist wearing a mask. So we're both going to be wearing them. And I don't know. I think if we're already taking away a makeup touch-up, you better walk out with fabulous <laughs> and, and, I'm with you. And here's a, a question for you you might get over the next uh, few days or weeks. How uh, What percentage of people do you think you're going to be uh, working on, like my wife who I tried to color her hair? Uh, how much uh, is it going to be, uh, you know, uh, rescues versus, you know, haven't touched the hair for three months? Well, I'm hoping not as much as, you know, could be. Okay. Um, We do have a policy in place called honesty is the best policy. (laughs) So as we've been rebooking people, they kind of need to fess up. Like, have you done anything special? There's no judgment at all, but there might be more time required. We might need to book this over a few appointments. Um, I'm excited to see if anything happened. You never really know. Some, I mean, some of my clients personally, they're like, I really want to keep my hair growing long. Like, they're really enjoying that. So other people like may have a mullet. Some, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the mullet might be back in. You never no. know. I think you've got your work cut out for you for sure. <laughs> good luck. Uh, we'll see you pretty soon. I've got my appointment booked. So uh, thank you. And uh, good luck how it goes. We'll certainly check in and see uh, a few weeks down the road how uh, how things have worked out for you and for the clients too. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's Bree Hallett, owner of Swizzle Sticks Salon Spa. 719 now. The warmer weather has us outside trying to take part and enjoying our favorite activities, whatever they might be. But with COVID-19 still a concern, should we be worried about contracting the virus while we're enjoying the great outdoors? With some perspective, we're joined this morning by Dr. Ted Jablonski, Dr. J, our on-call family physician. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, should we be worried about, you know, doing any specific things outside? And what about masks? Should be we wearing one if we're maybe out for a run or playing golf? What, what are your thoughts on that, Dr. J? It's all about social distancing. So outdoors is much, much safer than indoors, and we've found that out scientifically. So if you can truly socially distance the entire time, you're going for a run, and you will socially distance the entire run, you do absolutely do not need a mask. 
But if you're walking and you're walking with uh, people that you, well, perhaps you know, but are, uh, you don't want to give them anything, they don't want to give you anything, and you will be within that six-meter or two-meter zone, um, wear a mask when you're walking with them. If you're walking side by side, if you're going to keep your social distance when you're walking, uh, you're out there walk in a row. So that can be done, but it's not very social. Um, but, you know, I have seen people on bike paths walking now because they're trying to social distance. So they're walking across the entire bike path or walking path. And that can be problematic if, if you know, you're trying to bike and, uh, and walk together along the same pathway. So you might have to walk in single file or wear a mask and walk a little closer. Acceptable. <laughs> and how about things like if I'm on the golf course and I've got to have my social distancing down, yes. the importance of still using hand sanitizer, for example, if I have to use the facilities there. I think that it could be that we're outside and we kind of uh, lose sight of the fact that we should still be using these protocols. Yes, absolutely. So still the hand washing is in effect, still not touching your face, still keeping your distance. But uh, in golf, uh, as long as you're not using the clubhouse, they were closed anyway. I mean, watching the parking lot, watching the, the facilities, uh, you can get away with uh, without a mask and you can get away with uh, social distancing the entire time. So the activities, um, you just have to be think about it all the time and just never let your guard down. Uh, and in outdoors, you know, it's, it seems like you're, uh, you have a lot more room, but I have seen already where mm-hmm. there are outdoor places where people are pretty cramped together or even getting in a lineup very close to get into the outdoor space to be getting themselves more room. So it's all these different places where you can run into a little bit of trouble where you have to be careful. So having a mask with you uh, isn't is good strategy, right? Yeah. And I only don it if, uh, you know, I'm, I have to go to this area where I will be jammed together a little bit, uh, you know, for a period of time. I wear my mask. I'm now free. I've got more room. I can sit, you know, if I'm sitting with a group and we are socially distancing from all the other groups, we can all take all our masks off and, and be free in the air again. Dr. J, you carrying hand sani around? Because I am, for sure. I mean, I'm not really too concerned about most things. I try to keep, you know, pretty clean if I go to the grocery store or whatever. But public bathrooms, I think, is the one thing yeah. where you really need to be aware. Yeah, I think not using them at all is the yeah. best strategy. But yes, uh, having something with you or uh, using using the uh, the sinks and the soaps in, in the public facilities are good. But yeah, just thinking ahead, right? Uh, a lot of times, if you, if you do, you don't ever have to use facilities. Like a good girl guide. Be prepared, Dr. J. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, just think it on through. Thank you very much for your time, Dr. Dr. J. Okay, you betcha. That is Dr. Ted Jablonski. We call him Dr. J, our on-call family physician. 649 on your Monday morning. Sue DL, Andrew Schultz with you. This is Paramedic Services Week in Alberta. And uh, during this week, the uh, health minister is encouraging all Albertans to show their support for our paramedics and uh, by following all the public health guidelines that are out there, but thanking them for helping us. They're one of the amazing frontline workers who have been, you know, front and center for us during this pandemic when we need them most. You're doing a very dangerous job. So we thank you all the paramedics out there. We salute them for sure, especially during this time. Well, you know, we're excited to have David Aiken with us now. David Aiken, of course, a chief political correspondent with Global News. To discuss today's return of Parliament and the negotiations that are underway to get Parliament up and running again. Good morning, David. Morning, guys. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I, I'm a political guy, so I'm fascinated <laughs> this stuff. But the big picture is, you know, uh, 
Parliament has been sort of on pause, by and large, except for a couple of emergency sessions. And that means the business of the nation, except for the COVID stuff, has been uh, largely on pause. And the Conservatives are saying, you know, it, it's time to get back to work. And they put a plan together. They think that Parliament can safely operate with 50 MPs, 5-0 MPs in the House at any one time, because everybody enough room for distance. And they want Parliament to have its its usual powers back, the usual procedural rules. Committees of the House of Commons are powerful things, and they've sort of been sidelined over the last couple of months. So the Conservatives pushing hard to have this back. But negotiations to try to you know get some sort of Parliament functioning uh, just broke down. I, I was told, in fact, the Conservatives stopped answering their phones from the Liberals and NDP and Bloc uh, yesterday. The Liberals want to continue with these special committees uh, about COVID and the special sort of form of uh, MPs getting to put questions to ministers. We've seen it's, it's even though it's in the House of Commons, it's not a normal uh, procedural sort of run. And MPs don't have the same powers that they normally would. So the Liberals want to stick with that. They probably got the votes to do it because I think the NDP has uh, sort of uh, managed some concessions out of them. Um, the Bloc Québécois, God bless them, they're, they've been saying, listen, it's time for the government to table an economic and fiscal update, something that the Conservatives have been pushing for, too. Uh, Liberals still resisting that idea, saying it's just too tough to get a figure on how much we're going to be spending uh, through this and where the money's going to come from. Uh, David, how does this look with 50 in the House? Are the others all on Zoom and can they, you know, interrupt and jump in and bang their desks and do all those things that we expect of them to do? Well, we're going to find out. I mean, I'm uh, I'm actually I've been working remotely like a lot of Canadians have for the last uh, couple of months. But I'm on Parliament Hill today. I'm going to be in the House because I want to see exactly how that works. There is a plan to have sort of like, uh, you know, if you were at the you know uh, sporting arena to have giant video screens on either side of the speaker so that people can participate virtually while there are people in the House of Commons. So that's the hybrid. <laughs> that's the hybrid the Liberals are looking for. Um, we'll see if it's workable. I, I mean, I, I have heard, believe it or not, some online heckling when they've been meeting, you know, through Zoom. You can hear voices somewhere on the Zoom screen of people heckling. It's pretty bizarre. So, again, the Conservatives say, let's get back to sort of more normal things. And the Liberals are saying they, they think they can still maintain a, a more of a virtual uh, uh, a virtual way. And I should point out, I was watching my social feed last night. Listen, MPs from Alberta were flying back wearing masks. They think they can travel here, here to safely. MPs from BC are on the way from Manitoba. So, uh, at, cause that's one of the key points the Prime Minister's been making is that it's not safe to have MPs coming back and forth. Uh, MPs believe otherwise that there is a safe way to travel and that it's time for them to get back to work. Interesting times. Thanks for the update, David. Thanks, for the update, David. Thanks guys. Cheers. As David Aiken, Chief Political Correspondent with Global News. 8.48 now on your Monday morning. And uh, last week we started telling you or asking you if you could please nominate someone in your community who you have noticed has been going the extra mile, especially right now, and deserves some recognition. We asked you to nominate someone as a community champion and tell us their story. So we're going to introduce you to the first nominator and the person that they have nominated today joining us this morning is daryl dantas hi daryl hi good morning how are you excellent hey thanks so much for joining us it's a pretty neat uh, program and we've asked and gotten so many great submissions tell us about the person you nominated maddie todd so maddie is my local champion she is a spouse a mother a provider a chef house manager and now most recently you can add uh, a teacher as well to her resume uh, I have a special needs son that isn't biologically hers, uh, but she is, 
that has never stopped her from being the best mother to him. Uh, when she was employed pre-COVID, she balanced a full-time job in the hospitality industry. Um, when she was done work, she continued to bend over backwards for us, making sure that we were all taken care of as well. Uh, all the while continuing her education and working towards her, her degree. Uh, she is selfless, and I'm madly in love with her. Aww. She helps me in more ways than I can explain. She is a champion to me and to our son, and has set us both up for success. I'm in awe that I've found a woman like this, and I think I'm the luckiest man alive. Uh, she's the glue that keeps me together and the oil in the machine that keeps our family and household running. Uh, I'm just truly... So happy to be with her and have her in my life and in Ethan's life. And, you know, the, the teaching aspect, you probably wouldn't have thought months ago that she'd be into that role as well. Uh, how old Not is your... at all. Yeah. This, this was a curveball that took us all by surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, you know, neither of us are prepared to be, uh, to be educators. And it really puts a new uh, perspective on what the teachers have to go through. The curveball is, is that we're not just a teacher to uh, a neurotypical kid. We have to be a teacher to a special needs kid, which is even uh, more difficult. But, you know, we are managing, and, and uh, the CD is, has been there for us, so, uh, and she's been there for, for Ethan as well, because I'm still working a, a full-time job. Um, but, you know, we're making it work. Good stuff. And how old is your son? What grade? He's, in, he's seven years old in grade two. That's in grade two, that curriculum. I tell you, I've tried to tell my kids when they were younger at that age, it's not easy. No. So, uh, you, you know, know we're, we're so glad that you could uh, share your story about her for, with us for sure. Thank you very much.